Good night, my angel. Time to close your eyes and save these questions for another day. I think I know what you've been asking me. I think you know what I've been trying to say. I promised I would never leave you, and you should always know. Wherever you may go, no matter where you are, I never will be far away. And lastly, our daughters, Natalia, Gianna, and Bianca.、Um, you know, I. <laughs> I, I, I hope that tonight is not. You know, you guys know that. You know, if you do the work, you work hard enough, dreams come true. You know that. We all know that. But hopefully, what you get from tonight is the understanding that、um, those times when you get up early and you work hard, those times when you stay up late and you work hard, those times when you don't feel like working, you're too tired, you don't want to push yourself, but you do it anyway.、Um, that is actually the dream. That's the dream. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And if you guys, if you guys can understand that, then what you'll see happen is that you won't accomplish your dreams. Your dreams won't come true.、Um, something greater will. And、uh, if you guys can understand that, then I'm doing my job as a father. Thank you guys so much. I love you. And,、uh, Mamba out. Good night, my angel. Now it's time to dream, and dream how wonderful your life will be. Someday your child may cry, and if you sing this lullaby, then in your heart there will always be a part of me. Well, Al. Every week, we start the show saying, "What an exciting week in athletics it has been." Whether or not it has been an exciting week in the world of sports, that's how we start the show. We get things started on a lighter note. Unfortunately, we're starting this show in a way that neither of us probably thought we would ever have to do a show about, as well as the entirety of sports media. Having to either do something on Sunday or Monday that is is out of a nightmare, and that's that Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and seven others were killed in a helicopter crash on Sunday, heading to the Mamba Academy to play a basketball game. Kobe Bryant, forty-one, Gianna, thirteen, two of their thirteen-year-old daughters in the helicopter as well. Mom, dad, coaches—one of the worst tragedies in sports history. No question, the worst sports tragedy of my lifetime. I've often heard of different passings that have unfortunately happened and will continue to happen in sports, 
my father mentioning Thurman Munson's plane going down as a big Yankees fan. Obviously, the impact of Roberto Clemente, and, and we're not trying to to put one death over the next, but this has happened in in a big scale. But what happened on Sunday is probably the biggest scale as as far as the reach that Kobe Bryant had as a player and as a person. So as a lifelong Laker fan because of Kobe Bryant, myself, you as a lifelong Lakers fan because of Jerry West, and then continued on obviously rooting for Kobe as hard as I did. In the time we have on the new report, old report, we'll try to make sense of it all, put together some sort of pieces of what happened celebrate Kobe's life obviously and try to make this make sense and it's not going to unfortunately but this is the type of platform where sometimes it's nice to just get everything on the table and go from there so we can start with on Sunday when you heard of this news the impact that it had on you and what it's been like for the past 24 to 36 hours trying to put this into perspective well, Johnny, uh, and hello to all our fans and, and listeners. And, uh, it has obviously been brutal. Um, we will not, we will fail miserably to make sense of this because no sense can be made of a tragedy that takes three 13-year-old teenage girls whose lives are barely uh, underway, their parents, Kobe Bryant, uh, Coach Altabelli and his wife, one of Kobe Bryant's coaches uh, that also coached the team with him, uh, another mom and her daughter, uh, and of course the pilot. At about quarter to 10, their time, about quarter to one, our time yesterday afternoon, um, I got a call uh, from home saying the TMZ was reporting that Kobe Bryant had passed away in a helicopter crash. And I was you know, like the, I, the, probably the first reaction that I've heard a lot of people had, it's gotta be some kind of hoax, you know, it came from TMZ, not that they're not a reliable source, but it didn't come from ESPN. It didn't come from NBC. It didn't come from CNN, etc. And it's not only that you think it's a hoax, you just don't want to believe it. You can't believe it. You know, you just saw him. He was courtside with his daughter. Uh, he was on late night. He's been more visible recently because of his daughter's interest in the game. And as a lifelong Laker fan, someone who has probably had the greatest career of any Laker because of the accomplishments and the longevity and the fact that he was a Laker for life and is only 41 years of age and you've watched him literally grow up uh, as a 62 year old man, you and a lifelong Laker fanatic, you watched him be the next one. You watched him bring the next along with uh, first set of championships. And then the last set of championships, you watched him come in as a brass 17 year old, what I believe he was the one who said it first, I'm taking my talents to the NBA. I'm, I'm skipping college. I'm paraphrasing. I'm taking my, my talents to the NBA with the sunglasses up on his head at Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. 
worked out by the Lakers, taken by Charlotte, 12th pick in the draft. Jerry West took one look at a five-minute workout when Michael Cooper defended him and said, that's all I need to say, and worked the trade for Vladi Divac to the Lakers, excuse me, to, to Charlotte, that 12th pick. Kobe Bryant became a Laker. And then we watched him grow up before our very eyes. He's a kid who failed early on, who approached the game with an always offensive, aggressive tenacity in everything he did and the way he played and dared anyone to think that he couldn't be the best. And after early failure, went on to three consecutive championships with Shaquille O'Neal, incredible success as a young man. And then the duel with Shaq, Shaq leaves or is traded. And then the Lakers have a bit of a lull. He takes them on his back to the playoffs, leads the league in scoring, becomes an MVP, then three more straight trips to the finals, two more championships. MVPs of the finals in back-to-back years, five rings, 81 in one game, 62 and three quarters in another game. Goes out with 60 in his final game, drags a team to a playoff a couple years earlier, fouled. At the same time, he tears his Achilles, goes back out on the court and makes two free throws with the torn Achilles. He is the thing legends are made of. And we think our sports... Heroes, our sports icons, are indestructible, despite their faults, despite their misgivings, despite where they've fallen short on and off the court. We saw him make the transition before our very eyes from this, as I said, brash, bravado, teenager to a young man to an old veteran to retirement to a father and we saw him grow up we saw him make his mistakes we forgave him for his mistakes the way we always do the extra talented the extra special and then we saw him start to reach out as he mellowed with age we saw him to reach out to players to mentor them. We saw him reach out to kids. We saw him reach out to young women and instill in them and try and instill in them to not ever think that they couldn't achieve, you know, on and off the basketball court. We watched him win an Academy Award a year after he retired. His commitment to excellence in everything he did I think is the thing that I will remember the most about him is mental and physical tenacity, both on and off the court, everything that he did, he tried to do it with absolutely 100% of what he could give. We've heard about his legendary workout regimens, four or five o'clock in the morning. We've heard about leading the redeem team in China in 2008. And the way they all looked to him, whether it was LeBron or D-Way or Carmelo and how they looked up to him, we just think that these people are indestructible. We think that we will never lose them. 
and we lost him and the rest of those folks and those three little girls far too soon. And we don't get to see as fans of his and he does not get to probably before a good part of our observation live the second half of his life and in all probability flourish the way he flourished amazingly in the first half of his life. It's a loss for us. It's a far bigger loss for his family and the families of those people that were on that helicopter yesterday. Countless heartbreaking things with this, unfortunately. And it's hard to pinpoint a place of where to start with them. I mean, I got a text message from a friend of mine that said, is this Kobe shit real around maybe 2.30? And the first thing that came to mind was, oh, no, like, what did he say? What did he do? Like, what's come out? You know, unfortunately, in, in today's day and age, that's where your mind goes. What did he say? What did he do? What's come out? So I immediately, as the new report, go to Twitter. Try to find. And as, and, as, and as the old report, I started Googling. Yes. You're Googling. I'm on Twitter. Just trying and hoping to find something that will disprove this. Because TMZ, as you mentioned, has been great breaking things. They've also broke that Lil Wayne died probably three or four times and he's still alive. So that was in the back of your mind. And again, this just can't possibly happen. You're scrolling, you're scrolling, and I was on Twitter for about five hours on my phone, scrolling and scrolling, and early on, the messages and tweets got worse and worse when confirmations were coming in, and then more valid, viable sources continued to tweet about it. Woj puts out a a Woj bomb, probably the worst one he's ever had to put out, that sources have confirmed, indeed, Kobe Bryant was on this helicopter. Indeed, his daughter was on this helicopter. First we heard it was just five people, then it grows to nine. nine. It just got worse and worse as time went on. When you turn on ESPN right when it happened, the Pro Bowl is about to go on, you think, all right, maybe, maybe this isn't real yet. We'll watch this Pro Bowl, we'll see what happens, then you see in the bottom line, turn over to ESPN2, for this coverage and God bless the two anchors that they were on for three to four hours, no commercials, countless guests coming in and out, having to direct the questionings. They did an absolutely fantastic job. Everybody in sports media yesterday and today, uh, an unbelievable job having to cover such a tragedy. And, and for many of them covering it, it being one of their friends who they've known for years and years the players yesterday that had to put on jerseys and go out and perform some, you know, 20, 30 minutes after hearing the news, hey, go play a basketball game. Everybody yesterday and today that have just continued what they need to do, what I'm sure they think Kobe would want them to do is incredible. You're scrolling through Twitter in the early going, and it's it's almost unbearable. I, I'm numb for hours. And then it gets to the point where, you want to keep scrolling because now people are starting to show their their sorrow and their memories and their stories and their quips and and then you get into that 
that unfortunate post-mortem, here's what I remember most about Kobe. And then you don't want to miss any of those moments. And, and you're just engulfed in this coverage. And last night, you, you take a step back and breathe for a second and be like, I haven't done anything all day or night except watch this coverage and listen to people cover this and read their stories and read their tweets. It, it's just something that I don't think in sports we've ever experienced something to this magnitude. It, it was an unbelievable unbelievable 12 14 however many hours it was well you you talked about something earlier in terms of the magnitude of it that has obviously a huge element of that is where we are in time uh, you talk about when thurman munson passed away i obviously remember that it was in my living room when we got the news um but you know it, it came over national tv but there was nothing like this to cover it. There was no internet. There was no cell phone. There was no constant emailing and tweeting and just nonstop coverage, thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. It just consumed you. There was a bulletin. You got the story and maybe some additional coverage. And then you went back to your programming. And then it would be covered by the Yankees and it would be covered by, you know, the national media and you would have the Yankees on channel 11 and the Yankees and Orioles a few nights later. And the, uh, the amazing comeback against, uh, against the Orioles led by Bobby Mercer who came from the funeral slash wake and led the Yankees to a comeback victory called by Howard Cosell. But Thurman Munson also, again, because of the time and the sport, was not a worldwide figure. He was the Yankee captain. He was famous in New York, pretty famous around the country, but he was not known worldwide because of the sport, because of the type of person he was, because of the lack of coverage worldwide, media-wise, that the world was in. The NBA became a global game. Kobe Bryant was one of the biggest reasons it became a global game because of what Kobe Bryant was. Kobe Bryant was a global person. Kobe Bryant was born and raised, not born, but certainly raised overseas because his father, Joe Jellybean Bryant, who I watch play, old report, for LaSalle and come into the, not Carrier Dome, but the Manly Dome, Manly Fieldhouse, and lose to my fighting orangeman many moons ago. Played for the 76ers and then wound up in Europe. And Kobe Bryant's childhood was in Europe. He was trilingual. Most people can't speak one one language. Most people, meaning me, let alone three. So he wasn't from the hood. He wasn't from the mean streets. Yet, despite the way he he, he wore number eight because Mike D'Antoni was his favorite player. Mike D'Antoni played in Europe. Played in Italy. And Mike D'Antoni, of all people, was Kobe Bryant's favorite player. That's why he first started wearing number eight. But he wasn't from the mean streets. He wasn't a street kid. But yet, despite that, he had this grit. He had this fire. He had this burning desire to be the best. He studied the game. He was a huge student of the game. His intricacies, the intricacies with respect to his game were phenomenal. 
they were unmatched. And, you know, when you talk about the coverage of it, you know, yesterday after I found out in my office, I went home. We are a Kobe household. This morning, uh, Nick Wright and uh, the great Chris Broussard, who's known Kobe for many years, talked about the passion that the Kobe Bryant fandom has for him. And this way that we tend to want to protect him and feel that he was, you know, glossed over because of, you know, there's Michael and then there's Kobe and now there's LeBron. And, you know, well, Michael's the best of all time and, and he's, you know, Kobe's not as great as Michael. And now LeBron is the next best to Michael and that's the argument. And we feel like Kobe's being cheated. We feel like Kobe's being bypassed. The, the reason we we feel that way is because, you know, he's ours as Laker fans. He was only ours. He was nobody else's. He didn't finish his career in another place like Michael Jordan. He didn't bounce from team to team to win a championship or championships like LeBron James. He was a Laker for life. And we saw him from the beginning to the end. And, you know, for my son who's now 19, you know, he is the GOAT. And Chris Broussard talked about how the protective Laker fans in the Kobe group will literally fight you over that argument. They will, they will, they will just argue. They will fight. And my son is in that group. My son will fight you on the issue of who's the GOAT. He, to him, LeBron's not even in the discussion. It's Kobe or Jordan. And to him, it's Kobe because of Kobe's attitude because of Kobe's Mamba mentality, because of Kobe's heart, his soul, his dedication, his approach, all of which Jordan had, but my son didn't see that. My son saw Kobe. My son saw the way Kobe loved the game, his passion for the game, how he didn't help guys up, how the Mamba mentality meant win cleanly, but make no friends doing it. And as a result, he wasn't well-liked by Meta for the way he approached the game in terms of the opponent, for the way he approached the game with his attitude of, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to be the leader. I'm going to take the shot. It wasn't the LeBron-esque analytical, what's the best basketball play? And as I said to Nick Wright, We don't care about the best basketball play because the best basketball play in certain situations may not be the right basketball play. It may be the best play in terms of analytics, but if you throw it to that guy, we don't trust him to make the shot. We don't trust him to make the free throws. We know if the ball's in Kobe's hands, we got a shot because he's going to get himself a good shot. He is going to make the free throws if he gets fouled. And a push comes to shove, he'll lob the ball to Shaq for a dunk to knock off the Blazers. That's what we think of him. We trust him. We don't want to worry about putting the ball in somebody's hands because it's the right basketball play where we have to trust that other guy. So we'll take our shot with the Mamba. And we'll look up there and we'll see five championships. That's why we love him. We love the swagger. We love the style. We love the attitude. That's why we protect him. 
That's why we don't like seeing him get bypassed. And as Chris Broussard said, he also had a beautiful game. Kobe Bryant's game on the court to watch was so fundamentally sound in terms of his footwork, in terms of his squaring up to the basket when he took his jump shot, in terms of the way his game evolved, in the, in the attack mode, all the different ways he was able to score against all different types of defenses. LeBron James said on the night that he passed him, ironically, in Philadelphia, that he had no weaknesses offensively. He also was nine-time first-team all-defense, 11-time first-time all-NBA defense, nine times all for his team. But offensively, his game had no weaknesses. He could score in every conceivable fashion, left, right, go around you, go up over you, post you, and then you had the fadeaway. You had the Dirk one-footer. You know, he went to Elijah Wan for footwork. He was as dedicated a player to excellence as we have ever seen in our lifetime, and his work ethic was unmatched. And that's what we seek to protect. That's what we always put on a pedestal because he was ours for his entire career. He never, at times, he talked about being traded, dissatisfied with management, personnel. But in the end, Laker for life, 20 years, five rings, third all-time in points until the other night, 81-62, free throws with the torn Achilles, three straight championships with Shaq, three straight finals and two championships without him. That's why our argument is he's the GOAT. And if he's not the GOAT, he's our GOAT. And that's what the people of Los Angeles and that's what Laker fans feel deep in their hearts and in their minds. And I think that's why they're so affected by this loss because he was so indelibly etched in Laker lore. Magic had a wonderful career, five championships, nine trips to the finals, but because of the HIV virus, he was gone retirement, you know, Laker wise after 11 years. Wilt was a great Laker, but, Played for other teams before he got to the Lakers. Won championships with Philadelphia. Or a championship with Philadelphia. Kareem won six, five with the Lakers. But his first championship was with the Bucks. Jerry West was a Laker for life. The logo. Eight trips to the finals, but one in seven. This was the longest reigning, most successful Los Angeles Laker ever. And he did it before our very eyes for more than half of his life. That's extraordinary. And that stays with us as Laker fans forever. And that's why we will always hold him in the highest esteem, never forget him. And that's why we are all just devastated by losing him in the prime of his life as a young father and without the ability to see him thrive as a father with his daughters. And obviously we grieve for those families that lost their lives in that terrible crash yesterday. I spent a good portion of the afternoon on the couch with my son crying. Truth be told, old emotional sap that I am 
And uh, it was a day that I will never forget. And a loss that I will take a long time to recover from. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. There were a lot of selfish feelings as well that went along with Kobe Bryant's death. Selfish things that, in the scheme of things, don't mean anything, but for a brief moment as a Laker fan, as a Kobe fan, as a fan of the NBA, and and even as just a person, you briefly think about, such as people were excited looking ahead at, as far as what he did on the court, going into the Hall of Fame in one of the best classes to be selected into it with Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kobe was getting in. Unfortunately, now we, we won't get to hear what his speech would have been. It, it would have been, I believe, a mix of Michaels. You know, Michael spent most of his taking shots at every doubter <laughs> that he's ever come across with a smile on his face. And then we, toward the end, get the emotion, the crying Jordan meme is born, and we remember that speech fondly for both of those things. Kobe threw a couple shots in there. But I think the the vinyl Kobe, the retired Kobe, the old aged Kobe wouldn't spend as much of his speech as number eight. He would spend it as number 24 looking ahead and being thankful for the opportunity to look ahead to what he would do next. Thanking his family, thanking his teammates, but so excited for what was to come. And that was one of the selfish things. We're not going to get to see the speech. We're not going to get to see what was going to come next. Because there was excitement to it as a Kobe fan. Not to say that the retired NBA superstars now don't have some excitement with them, but many of them have already created their specific paths and are sort of winding down on those roads. You know, Magic has a hand in the Dodgers and he's still doing things with the Lakers, but you don't expect a like woe moment of something that he's going to do in the next step of his career. He's still doing many things. But as far as the creativity, the, oh, I, I can't That's believe he's going to try that. That's the word. Those guys have, have, have done a lot of that already. Even Michael Jordan with the Hornets and what he still does with his shoes and what he still does as the face of the NBA. It, it, it's, it's kind of, I think, maybe reached its apex and is starting to level off. Many of the retired basketball players – the same could be said for them. They're doing what they do. They're doing it well, but they're pretty much set on what's going to happen for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. With Kobe, we don't know. The first thing he did was go out and get an Oscar for what he was able to create with that basketball video. On his Twitter, it, it says nothing about his playing career. No numbers, no stats, just... Granity Studios, CEO, writer, and producer. 
he had turned the page in a way that I don't think we've seen before just because of the time period that we're in and the opportunities that he would have been able to get his hands on in a creative process. We had That's no magic, idea. That is the magic word. No idea. Magic word is creativity. You hit on it. But it doesn't just stop there because recently now, and we had read stories about this, you know, he retires from basketball, and like many players that retire, you stop watching basketball. You don't want to watch it anymore. I played with these guys. What are they doing wrong? Why are they doing it like this? I could do that. I could do that. He took a step back, and he did what he was so looking forward to do, which was start being a full-time, all-the-time, 24-7 dad which he did a lot of during his playing career. That's one of the reasons why helicopter transportation came into play in general. Not only getting to practice as fast as one can and making sure that every second of the day was accounted for and, and getting him to do things as quick as possible. It was also, I got to get home to pick my kids up from school after practice. I need to be doing dad things with them. And we got to see it front and center most recently as well when his daughter Gianna said, hey, I'll carry your torch, Dad. You don't need a son. You don't need any of that. I'm in. We start seeing them practicing. We see her at games. She starts meeting some of her favorite players, and most notably the video that's going around of most recent at the Nets game, him gesticulating some sort of diagram of what's happening in the game, her nodding in agreement and adding something, him becoming the teacher that I'm sure he was so much looking forward to be to Gianna. And another selfish moment is not only is Kobe gone, but she's gone too. That sort of thing yesterday was some of the hardest to wrap your head around is when you project it into the future. Obviously, I wasn't going to be able to show my kids Kobe Bryant playing live basketball. And obviously, when it got to that point, it's he'd be in his 50s. And that's, that's the tale as old as time of, yeah, that was Kobe Bryant. Let me show you this. But who knows? I mean, I, I'm lucky enough to be in a business of sports talk radio. You have no idea who you're going to talk to on the phone. I had a conversation with Charles Barkley before one of our shows. We had him on as a guest. Who the hell would have thought I'd be talking to Charles Barkley in my lifetime? You never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to talk to, who you're going to see. And you know, a little bit of you would be like, how cool would it be to just to just walk past Kobe Bryant, old Kobe at these games. Nick Wright had a had a point today speaking of his show of the NBA not necessarily knowing what to do with this death, fans, anyone involved because death just doesn't happen in the NBA. Since the MVP award was created in the early 50s to 1956, just two of its winners have passed away. Wilt was 60. And Moses Malone. Mm -hmm. That's it. He went yep. even farther. The top 50 players of all time. Those two, Pistol Pete. Nobody dies. Yep. They they live well into their their later years. This isn't even something that you can draw up and think about. 
to have such a tragedy like this happen. And you can't put a price on who it was and every life matters. It, it, it was just, a, a unfortunately, it was, it was a larger magnitude because it was Kobe Bryant. And the things that he won't get to do now with not only his second oldest daughter, Gianna, but his three other daughters, the things they won't get to do as a family, the things he won't get to do on the creative side of his next chapter, one that he was so looking forward to during his retirement tour, people would ask, are you sure you want to retire? And he would just he was laugh. Ready. He would just laugh. I've been ready for ready. this for years. He was ready, and unfortunately, he only got less than four years of it. And won an Academy Award in that short time, wrote children's books, and... <laughs> Folks, as we were doing this show, they are replaying Kobe's last game. And I'm just astounded with Shaq sitting courtside, smiling, and the crowd going nuts as he's knocking down 60 with 10 in the last minute. And his wife, beautiful wife, smiling, and his daughters. It's just surreal to watch this with the, the perfect form. The stroke, the leap on the jump shot, the footwork coming around the screen. One last dance. One last gasp for, by NBA standards, an old man to leave his fans with the greatest and sweetest memories. He now became the first player to ever go out in his last game with 50 points. He put up 60. In a win. And, you know, you touched on the creativity aspect. Again, that's part of what made him so unique. Not that other NBA players don't have that type of talent. But we don't see them retire and as super duper stars and write books. We don't see them uh, go win Academy Awards uh, for you know a short film in their first time out. Uh, we don't see them instantly open academies. And they're out there mentoring young players, which was part of the softening uh, of him as he got older and realized that his time was drawing to an end and he could do more good for the league and the young players who were following in his footsteps by mentoring and encouraging uh, versus being their knockdown drag out opponent. And, Instead of trying to cut their heart out, uh, he would try and build them up versus, you know, take them down. And he thought he could do more for the league and young players and young people as time went on, as he mellowed in that fashion. And the encouraging speeches that he would give in you know his short film pieces, you know, to kids to inspire them. My, my son sent me one today uh, via text, which came out, which nobody really knows when it was done. It was obviously relatively recently or where it was done. But you know, basically telling kids to never give up, to not let anyone tell them they can't do what they want to do. Um, Say so you had a guidance counselor who once told him that, you know, he should 
think about something other than basketball. And he just kind of smiled and laughed. And don't let anybody ever tell you you can't until you try. And um, he never stopped trying. He never stopped competing. He never let down his fans. He never cheated anybody out of a minute uh, on a court. He left it all out there all the time. And he put more into his time uh, than anybody I've ever seen. There was nobody, there was no load management. Uh, there were no nights off. There was always the, the battle to achieve excellence, to improve, and to be the best he could be. And that's the way he approached everything that he did. That's how he wins an Academy Award in his first venture into filmmaking the kids books everything he does everything he approached life with there was a zest he had to achieve and he inspired others to do that and that's I think the thing that uh, as much as I missed him on the court I knew that time had come and gone as a sports fan I was so looking forward to what he was going to do off the court, not just from an entertainment aspect, whether it was films or books or success in business. I thought he really could have did and would have a vast impact on young people and leading them and encouraging them to be the best they could be, to never give up. To reach for the highest star, to do everything you could to be the best you could be. And only you can fail. Don't let anyone tell you you will fail. You can't find out until you strive to achieve and be the best you can be every day in everything you attack. And attack. Always attack. Always be in attack mode. Mama mentality. That's what he preached. That's what he was. Yeah, there was a softer side at the end, but you know, he, he really did everything he could later in his life to be a mentor to young players, to kids, to young women, um, encouraging them that they could achieve, whether it was the WNBA, whether it was youth basketball because of his daughters. And um, I, I truly believe that Maybe not the best, but pretty damn close. We're still yet to come for him. And uh, I think about my son, who's 19 now. And I think about all the trips. I think about coaching him. I think about the car trips. I think about the bus trips. I think about the few trips on planes for Little League games, for travel ball games, for tournaments all over the East Coast and the Midwest. And that will always be the greatest time of my life. I had a wonderful life, but the best times of your life are watching your children or your child. I'm only blessed with one. That's plenty. But are watching them and watching them succeed, watching them achieve, watching them fail, watching them cry, watching them laugh, 
but best of all, watching them. Watching them have the opportunity, giving them the opportunity, and knowing that you at least played a role in giving them the opportunity to go out there and have fun and try and be the best they could be. They're not going to be major leaguers. They're not going to be superstars, but they're going to do everything they can to try. And having that opportunity myself from, you know, the time my son was eight years old and still watching him play in college. Kobe Bryant had an amazing 41 years. He won't get to do however what I did. He won't get to see any of his children play as long as my son has. And that is shocking. It is heartbreaking. And it is something that leaves his family with a huge void of a father and a husband. And as we said before, on that helicopter, it does the same for those other families who lost husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, daughters. Uh, as, as tragic a day as I can remember. Uh, in a very, 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 not just in sports, but as tragic a day, you know, I can obviously compare it to 9-11 when this country was attacked. But in terms of the death of, of one person, uh, the untimely death of one person, as tragic a day as, as I can remember in a very, very, very long time. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report, here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. He and... A couple groups of parents were just going to watch their kids play basketball. That's one of the most devastating parts about it. It wasn't anything reckless. It wasn't old age. It wasn't any of the other ways you you could maybe think, okay, he and a couple parents and a couple girls were going to play a basketball game. And that was it. it. It puts a lot into perspective. Not only is... Lakers fans, NBA fans, but just as people of how short time can be, how important it is to appreciate the moments you have with those around you. And it's unfortunate that it takes tragedies like this to put that into perspective. It's unfortunate of the magnitude of the tragedy that happens where it puts that into perspective. And I was one of those people that would see an an athlete or an entertainer or anybody that was well-known either be killed or die or pass away, and you would see the outpouring of, of sorrow and think, how can these people feel this way about somebody that they've never met before? Several in my lifetime, Princess Diana, Michael Jackson, Prince, even Roy Holiday in the baseball community more, more recently on the athlete side, the list goes on. And you think, what's what's with this? It's it's just, you know, they were obviously going to be incredibly missed, but what impact did that person have if you never met them before? Well, yesterday was quite the slap in the face to what it feels like to be in that situation. I wasn't sure if that would happen to me, but it did. And it, and it came quick and was incredibly heavy from somebody that became a, a Lakers fan after falling in love with Michael Jordan at, at you know, six or seven years old. You first turn on basketball. That, that's the man. Space Jam comes out, Al. 
obviously I'm a Michael Jordan fan. All the Bulls stuff, jerseys, posters, everything in the room. He retires for the second time. I throw all of it in the hallway. He's dead to me, Michael Jordan. Broke my heart at seven or eight, whatever, however old I was. Needed a new team. Needed a new player to root for. Well, who's playing in the league over in Los Angeles? You hear about this Kobe and Shaq tandem with this historic Los Angeles Lakers franchise. Let me give welcome aboard indeed. Let me give them a watch and see what happens. And from then on, it didn't take long to fall in love with Kobe Bryant. You mentioned it was it's ride or die with Kobe. Sometimes not always good. All the shots didn't fall. <laughs> All the game winners didn't go down. All the games weren't, you know, 40, 15, and 10. All the years weren't the best years. There were some non-playoff years. There were some, like the, the season where he finished his career, scoring 60 in his final game. There were some nights. You don't even turn the game on. You look at the box score of who he was playing with for the 60 game. Dear Lord, some of the guys that are in the National Basketball Association on some of those Lakers teams. We were joking before the show. What am I going to pass it to Smush Parker? Some of the team's teammates that he had to play with, it was hard to watch. But you watched because it was Kobe Bryant. You were inspired because it was Kobe Bryant. You see around the league what impact he had not only on current players, veterans, but of some of the younger guys, guys that played overseas who knew basketball because Kobe Bryant was on their TV, guys that are 18 or 19 years old who know Kobe Bryant, who play basketball because of Kobe Bryant, the outpouring of support yesterday from the NBA community. It's amazing to think that the guy that scowled on the court, bit his jersey, emulated Michael Jordan on the ability side, skill side, and competitive side, somebody that you wouldn't even want to look in the eye if you made a mistake on his team or against him in something, was behind the scenes in his later years, in the 24-numbered years, mentoring these players, taking them under his wing, going to workouts with these guys in the summer, whenever you need, I'll be there. You want to learn my moves? Here they are. Being such an ambassador for the game at, at such a young age, if you think about it, hasn't even made it in the Hall of Fame yet, and he's helping everyone around get better at basketball. And if you need any, any reassurance of that, the last tweet that he ever sent out, we remember well when LeBron came over to the Lakers, he could have easily said, screw that guy, man. I'm the king of L.A. It's nice he wants to come here, but he just wants to ride my coattails. He embraced LeBron. He begged and pleaded Lakers fans to embrace LeBron and continue to do so for the entirety of his time with the Lakers. He's what we need. He was so happy to have him in a Lakers uniform. And the last thing he puts out on Twitter is continuing to move the game forward. King James. Much respect, my brother. Strong arm emoji. Hashtag 33644. He was so happy for LeBron to pass him on the all-time scoring list. Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba. He's not supposed to be happy about that. 
how he evolved as a player and as a person is, is something that it's it's going to be hard to see again. And that's a great point because of what transpired over this weekend was just, it was, I mean, LeBron pointed out how eerie it was, the, 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 the way the universe has just kind of come for, full circle from Kobe is playing in the all-star game in Philadelphia and he, his hometown. And he drives there with Maverick Carter and meets Kobe in the, the day before he's supposed to play Oak Hill Academy and LeBron James, or excuse me, and, and Carmelo Anthony. And Kobe gives him a pair of his sneakers and they're one size too small. He wears them anyway. And all these years later, he's back in Philadelphia in Kobe's hometown. And he passes Kobe Bryant in the all-time scoring list that night and waxes poetic in the locker room after a loss in which he talks about Kobe and his career and his game and how his game was, as I said before, to, to use his words, no flaws, no flaws, had absolutely no flaws in his offensive game because he could beat you in so many different ways. No matter how you tried to defend him, you could not defend him. And the next day, right after we see Kobe's tweet congratulating him, ironically, he's gone with his daughter and the rest of the people on the helicopter. And to watch Jerry West literally in tears, calling it the worst day of his life, with the possible exception of whether his brother passed in Korea, in the Korean War. Literally, not even fight, trying to fight back the tears, but crying. His second father, who brought him to Los Angeles via the trade, who basically discovered him, who realized the great talent he was. But literally, I think, described him better than anyone else has when he called him a man for all seasons, because that's exactly what he was. He was a Pied Piper. He was wildly popular in Asia. So many of these guys uh, who are in the league now internationally or making up half the all-star team uh, are because of their love for the game instilled in from Kobe Bryant. Uh, Whether it's, I, I mean, I'm watching Sports Center now, and here's someone. Your know, Doncic turns around, and someone's you know, mumbling at him in his native tongue, and it's Kobe Bryant speaking yet another language, courtside, you know, to Luca with his his beautiful daughter, and he's talking to him in Slovenian. It's just it's astounding. He is so enormously popular globally in terms of what he did for the game and spread it because of the brilliance of his game and is just commitment to excellence and um, you know, he, he taught us all to be the best we could be. He showed us all throughout the evolving of him as a player and as a young man to a veteran. And then by basketball standards, an old man, still a young man by my standards, how, 
incredibly grown up he had become. The man, the father, the leader, just amazing. And I think that's a huge part of the loss that we feel because of the fact he was with us from the very beginning. And he didn't come to the league as a man child. He didn't come in at six foot 10 and 280 pounds or seven foot two and, and, and 300. He came in as a skinny, granted, six foot six with incredibly gifted athleticism, but still six foot six and pretty skinny. A run, the first real non-big guy to go straight from high school to the draft. And then we watched him grow up and fill out and fail and succeed and become a champion and fall and then rise again and finish with a flurry and uh, then be excited about the guy who he passed the torch to to come to his team and hopefully lead his his franchise to more championships. And I think one of the reasons I'm only guessing it's all I can do, but I really believe some of that was for Laker fans. I really believe that some of that was to show Laker fans. It was okay. Okay. I've embraced him. You can do it. You, you can, you, it's okay. You can let go of this notion that I'm angry, that the rivalry is there and that I don't want you to replace it because it would be you disrespecting me. It's all right. He's ours now. Embrace him. I've done it. You can do it. I'm not going to take it as a slap in the face or a show that you're not a show, a show that you've, you've lost your loyalty to me. I know you love me. Now you got to love him. And I think that may have been one of the most grown up, things he's ever done uh, because it showed he was truly at a place where he was totally self-satisfied with everything he'd accomplished in his life as a Laker, as a basketball player. And now it was on to, to bigger things. And uh, tragically, those bigger things were limited to only a couple of years. We were damn lucky to get to watch Kobe Bryant play basketball for 20 years especially as Lakers fans to watch him do it for our favorite team, especially as Lakers fans for the success he brought to the franchise while he played. But selfishly, you can't help but want and yearn for the chance to have been able to watch what was going to come next. We always do. It's our nature. We always want more. We want more of them all the time. We never want to let them go. Harder when we lose him at this incredibly, I don't want to say young age in terms of childhood, but in terms of manhood, it was just beginning with his life of a, as a father and a mentor and a, a filmmaker and a businessman, all in progress, but so much of it left ahead of him. Appreciate what you have when you have it. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Uh, folks, for my partner, the great John Tiny Lund, I am Al from White Plains. Uh, in honor of the Mamba, 
This is the new report and the old report. We're out.